Uh, this is Pastor Rob Barber of Bethel Church in Tempers Plains, Ohio, where our mission is connecting people to God. Welcome to our podcast. I'm very excited to share the Word of God with you today, because according to Romans 10:17, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. I trust this message will increase your faith as you listen to what God has for you today. God bless and enjoy. Praise God. You know, it's an exciting time around here. Not just that we've paid off our debt and, you know, things are uh, moving in financially in a, a really good direction for us. God has always been faithful to us. We've never missed any payments or bills or anything. Uh, we've always been able to provide the, for the ministries that we support all over the world, here in the United States as well, globally. Uh, we do support quite a few missions uh, because we believe that the Word of God needs to go out into the whole world. Amen? It does begin, you know, Jesus told us it starts in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. So that's where the, the gospel goes. So we're, we're very uh, active in providing uh, funds to make sure that the, the kingdom of God is being uh, proclaimed everywhere, locally and throughout the whole world. So that part is great, but we're also, uh, this morning, I think we were experiencing uh, a supernatural move of God, the anointing of God for, for healing and the other, just right from the very beginning of this service. I think you could feel the Spirit of God just moving in this place. Hallelujah. That's not man-made. We can't stir that up. You know, I, I can't get up here and be a cheerleader every Sunday. Say, rah, 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 Jesus. It doesn't work that way. You know, it has to come from in here. We have to, when we gather together, we have to, to feel that. And recognize it and know it. And sometimes when we don't feel it, we act on it regardless. Because that's the Spirit of God. That, that's exactly what God uh, proclaimed. It's the Word of God that we stand on. We believe it. It's real. Hallelujah. Well, I really, this is kind of a, a downer this morning that we need to talk about this, but I think it's, it's important that we do mention it. And that is what's happening in Israel. Uh, Israel is at war, uh, declared war for the first time, I think, since 1973. And uh, they were attacked by Hamas, of course, and now they're saying there's over 600 people that are dead. Many of them are civilians. Uh, it appears that they just walked into the homes of uh, the Israelites and... Uh, indiscriminately killed men, women, and children. Um, now, that's horrible. But this thing is not over. Many more are going to perish. And as much as I believe in, it, in praying for Israel, and I believe that Israel has a right to defend themselves, what's going to take place from here on out, there's going to be casualties I'm talking about civilian casualties on the other side as well. Now, I believe that Israel does their very best not to cause that to happen. 
but it's impossible with war. That's why war is so horrible. People die for no reason. So I want us to pause this morning and I want to pray, not only for Israel and the peace of Israel, but for those Arabs and the Palestinians and all the people that are involved with this. Because not every Palestinian wants to go to war with Israel. There's a group that do, but not all of them. And not every Arab, not, not every uh, Muslim. So let's pray that God's peace will descend upon that area of the world right now. Heavenly Father, we have a mandate, and that is to pray for the peace of Israel. And we are doing that right now. We ask for peace to come upon Israel, but also to pe- for peace to be in that whole region, Lord God. It's not your desire that man would kill man. It's not your desire that these horrible things would happen when war breaks out. It's your desire that we would live in peace with one another and love one another. Lord God, let your spirit and your power be poured out upon that whole region. That your spirit will be manifest in people's lives. The stronghold of the enemy that would like to see man die, killed, still uh, stolen from and destroyed. Father God, we rebuke that in Jesus' name. And we stand on your word. The love of Jesus Christ shall prevail in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory. Praise God. Well, I'm excited about sharing this uh, series of messages with you. I haven't talked about this for quite some time. Uh, I think it's an important topic for us to think about, and that is the kingdom of heaven is near. That's, that's my message this morning, and it's going to be a series of, of messages. Of course, next week, Apostle Mark will be sharing with us, uh, and that's going to be exciting. Come, be prepared to worship the Lord and enjoy. Uh, Apostle Mark is an incredible communicator he, he just knows how to, to share the Word of God in such a way that uh, you can, you just, you, you don't want it to stop. He's that kind of a, a speaker. So I just want you to, to, to have expectations of what is going to take place next week. The kingdom of heaven is near. How close is the kingdom of heaven? That, you know, that, that's a question that, that we really need to answer for ourselves. You know, uh, Billy Graham used to tell a story about when he was early on, before he became well-known, he was in a, a small town, and he needed to mail a letter. He didn't know where the post office was, so he asked the little boy, he said, will you show me where the post office is? And the little, little boy took him to the post office, and he said, he told him, thank you, and he said, you know, I'm going to be speaking uh, at this particular place uh, this evening, and my topic is going to be how to get to heaven. Would you come? The little boy just looked at him. He said, no, I don't think so. Billy said, why won't you come? He said, because you don't even know how to get to the post office. 
Uh, I think we need to know how to get to heaven, right? But more than that, it's more than just knowing how to get to heaven. There's more to this Christian life than just preparing our life for heaven. Everything we do should be a preparation for that. But we have to live in this world as well. We're, in, we're living in uh, a world where there's war, a world where people hate one another, a, a, a world where government seems to be coming more oppressive all the time, all around us. People are in pain. Things are difficult. We live in this world, but we're not of the world. I want you to look with me this morning in Matthew chapter 3, verse 1 through 3. We're going to see what John the Baptist had to say. Matthew chapter 3, verse 1 through 3. Give you a second to get there and make sure everybody's got it. Verse 1. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. At hand literally means to make near. It's the Greek word there, in gidzo, means to make near. So the kingdom, when, Paul, when John the Baptist was preaching, he was saying, the kingdom of heaven is near. It's closer than you think. It's right here. So what is the kingdom of heaven? If, if John the Baptist was saying the kingdom of heaven is here, is the kingdom of heaven someplace off where God's throne is? Millions of miles away or maybe in just in a spirit realm that we can't see. Where is the kingdom of heaven? I think that's a, a valid question that we need to answer. Each and every one of us need to understand that there's more to this kingdom of heaven than just our sky, uh, pie in the sky and sweet by and by. Because we all want to go there, and that's awesome. And, I'm, you know, that's the ultimate purpose for Jesus coming and dying on the cross. Was so that we could all spend eternity with God. But wound up in that and bound up in that is also the ability for God's people to be able to live in this earth with power and authority. Not to walk around with... Uh, the attitude that we are going to be beat down and overcome because we're overcomers according to the Word of God. We have the greater one that lives inside of us. So according to Mark chapter 1, verse 14 and 15, it says, Now after that John was put in prison, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. And saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. So what is the gospel? The gospel is the good news. The good news is that the king has come. 
Not only the king has come, but the king has come, and he, he came for a purpose. The king was here. That's why John the Baptist said the kingdom of God is here. It's near. Because the king was near. And he knew that the king was coming. He knew that the king was near. Remember when, when he was baptizing and Jesus showed up? He said, look, behold, the Lamb of God that comes to take away the sins of the world. And when he baptized Jesus, the Holy Spirit descended upon Jesus. That's a lesson in and of itself. If Jesus needs the Holy Spirit, I guess we need the baptism of the Holy Spirit as well in our lives. Kingdom here is royal power, kingship, dominion, rule. So the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven are both used to refer to God's, not just a place, but God's authority, God's power. God's place in this earth. The kingdom of God is something that is more than just a tangible uh, place, a place where we hope that we're going to go someday. The kingdom of God is something that we should be walking in. John and Jesus both confirmed God's power and authority is here now. It was because the king was here. The concept of the coming kingdom was a well-known concept in the Old Testament. Of course, they expected when Jesus came, many, because of some misunderstandings and false teachings, teachings by the scribes and the Pharisees, uh, people started believing that the Messiah was going to come and set up His kingdom on earth. So when Jesus came and He he began to show himself as the king and walk in miracles and power, they expected him to lead a revolution and overthrow Rome. But God's word had uh, a different plan in it. And the reality is those, many of those who were truly seeking after God realized that that wasn't going to happen. There was a group that lived in, uh, around the Dead Sea called the Essenes. The Essenes wrote many things, and we call them, they, they copied Scripture, and they, they wrote many things about their beliefs, and we call those the Dead Sea Scrolls. And the Dead Sea Scrolls are revealing many things that the Essenes believed and thought and trusted in. They believed that the Messiah was going to come die on the cross, and come back to life because they studied the real Scripture, the real Word of God. Isaiah 43 says, by the way, it's a 700-year-old prophecy, the voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. He was talking about John the Baptist coming to make, make the way. All four Gospels say that, this, that John was the fulfillment of this prophecy. Ever since the reign of David, the people of Israel has been expecting their king to come. Do you realize that they're still expecting their, their king to come, their Messiah? They think he's going to be just a man. 
They think he's going to be uh, uh, an anointed man by God. But he's going to be the one that will deliver them from all this trouble and peril that's going on right now in Israel. All the things that are happening. Thank God, though, one day they are going to come to the realization that Jesus is their real Messiah. All these things are the fact that the, the king is going to come and he was going to fulfill. He's going to be in the lineage of David. Several things that are prophesied. It's all based on the numerous prophetic texts all, all the way back to Genesis chapter 49 verse 10. God has told us that his kingdom will be established by a kingly dynasty. And we know that Jesus is that king who came, not in the order of, uh, of Aaron, but in the order of Melchizedek, priestly king. Let me show you a scripture that makes it very clear. Isaiah 9, 6 and 7. For unto us a child is born, and to us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and his Name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of the government and the peace there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from the time forward. Even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Our King, our Lord. It hasn't happened yet. He came and fulfilled the Scripture. He died on the cross for our sins. He shed His precious blood for the remission of our sins. But He's going to return. And when He comes back, He's going to set up a kingdom that's going to last forever and ever and ever. There's going to be a thousand years here on this earth. And then there's going to be a new earth and a new heaven. Kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's here. The kingdom of heaven is simply this. It's the rule of God over the affairs of man. Wherever God rules over human hearts as king and Lord, there, that's where the kingdom of God is. So if He's ruling over your heart, the kingdom of God is in you. It's in me. It's in us. It's near. It's nearer than the world realizes. It's walking around them all over the place. The kingdom of heaven. We can say the same thing that, G that John the Baptist and Jesus said. The kingdom of heaven is near. What a witnessing tool. We walk up to somebody and say, you, you know the kingdom of heaven is near you? It's right here. It's right inside of me. And I can share it with you. The gospel of Jesus Christ. So when is the, the kingdom of heaven going to come completely to earth? Well, as I said, it's already here. Matthew 12, 22, 28. Then was brought to him, was demon possessed. Then one was brought to him who was demon possessed, blind and mute. And he healed him. So that the blind and the mute man both spoke and saw. And all the multitudes were amazed and said, 
Could this be the son of David? I'm sorry, I forgot to ask you to turn to that. Because this is quite a lengthy scripture and I need to have you do that. Matthew 12, 22 through 28. Give you a second to get there. So I'll pick up at verse 12, 23. And all the multitudes were amazed and said, could this be the son of David? Of course, they were, they were expecting the Messiah. Now when the Pharisees heard it, they said, this fellow does not cast out demons except by Beelzebub, the ruler of the demons. But Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them, every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation and every city or house divided against itself will not stand. If Satan casts out Satan, he is divided against himself. How then will his kingdom stand? And if I cast out demons by Beelzebub, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore, they shall be your judges. But if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. The kingdom of God Ever since Jesus walked on the face of the earth, His kingdom has been here, operating, working, manifesting. I feel sorry for the group of people who do not believe that miracles are for today. For all those churches who are sitting uh, together this morning, they're getting a message from a pastor that believes there's no power in the kingdom that believes that all those gifts were done away with when the apostles passed away or when the, the Scripture were, was completed, the canon. We see nothing in the Scripture that tells us that. That's, right. That's man-made. All we see in the Scripture is that Jesus says, I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. Therefore, His power, His miracles... His deliverance, His supernatural giftings are for, de- for today and for His people. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why do we not see them manifest as often as we should? <laughs> Maybe it is our prayer. Maybe we need to, to spend more time in prayer, stirring our faith, believing. I don't know. I don't have all the answers for that. But I believe we're entering into a time in the world where we will have to rely on the supernatural power of God to move forward. The kingdom is near. It's here. It's been here for 2,000 years. It's going to continue until it actually comes and manifests here on earth. Karen shared a, shared a testimony with me this morning. A young man had been on drugs since 1997, has now been free from them for over a month. Hallelujah. Thank God. We're living in the age of the church. And the age of the church is supposed to be an age of power and authority. The important part we need to understand is that during this age, what we call the dispensation of the church, 
He rules over anyone who will allow him to rule in their heart. And when we allow him to rule over our life and in our hearts, lives are changed. He doesn't force anybody to worship him, to accept him. But I want you to understand something. There's going to come a day very soon when the eastern sky is going to split. And Jesus is going to come and set on the, his feet on the, the Mount of Olives. On that mountain. It's going to split. And there's going to be power and authority manifest all over this earth. And at that point, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord. And they will not have a choice at that point. And for a thousand years, many of them will worship Him, but in their heart, they will not. They'll rebel against Him in the end. It's, it baffles me to think about for 1,000 years, mankind is going to live in peace and prosperity and have a life like they've never had before for 1,000 years. But at the end of that 1,000 years, the enemy is loosed, and he goes out and deceives people. But it was already in their heart. He can only deceive them because it was in their heart. And they're going to try to rise up and defeat the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Just with his word, they will be defeated. Glory. That's the power. That's in the name of Jesus Christ. That's the power that's in His spoken word. Kingdom of heaven is certainly here. Dr. S.M. Lockridge was the pastor of Calvary Baptist Church in San Diego, California. And we've played this clip before here on Sunday mornings opening. He uh, pastored from 53 to 1993. Uh, he died in 2000. He's very well known for a passage out of his sermon titled, He's My King. And you're all going to re recognize this this morning. If we could play that clip. The Bible says my king is the king of the Jews. He's the king of Israel. He's the king of righteousness. He's the king of the ages. He's the king of heaven. He's the king of glory. He's the king of kings. And he's the Lord of lords. That's my king. I wonder do you know him? My king is a sovereign king. No means of measure can define his limitless love. He's enduringly strong. He's entirely sincere. He's eternally steadfast. He's immortally graceful. He's imperially powerful. He's impartially merciful. Do you know him? He's the greatest phenomenon that has ever crossed the horizon of this world. He's God's son. He's a sinner's savior. He's the centerpiece of civilization. He's unparalleled. He's unprecedented. He is the loftiest idea in literature. He's the highest personality in philosophy. He's the fundamental doctrine of truth 
theology. He's the only one qualified to be an all-sufficient Savior. I wonder if you know him today. He supplies strength for the weak. He's available for the tempted and the tried. He sympathizes and he saves. He strengthens and sustains. He guards and he guides. He heals the sick. He cleanses the lepers. He forgives sinners. He discharges debtors. He delivers the captives. He defends the feeble. He blesses the young. He serves the unfortunate. He regards the age. He rewards the diligent. And he beautifies the meek. Hallelujah. He's a key to knowledge. He's a wellspring of wisdom. He's a doorway of deliverance. He's a pathway of peace. He's a roadway of righteousness. He's a highway of holiness. He's a gateway of glory. Do you know him? Well, his life is matchless. His goodness is limitless. His mercy is everlasting. His love never changes. His word is enough. Lord, in that. That doesn't light your fire. Your wood is wet this morning. Amen. Glory. Exciting. Because that's, who, that's our king. If he's our king, guess what? The kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's here. But where's the evidence of the kingdom? That's my next point. It's in this earth. It came to earth. It's here. It's powerful. Where's that evidence? Luke 17 and 20 and 21. Now when he was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them and said, the kingdom of God does not come with observation. Nor will they say, here, see here or see there. For indeed, the kingdom of God is within you. The kingdom of God is within us. The power of God is within us. The manifestation of that power is within us. The kingdom of God truly is at hand. In Ephesians 2.19, it declares this. Now, therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints, members of the household of God. We are members of that household. We are part of the kingdom of God here in this earth. So believers are members of the kingdom, the household of our God. And therefore, 
We must walk according to the power that is given to us in the name of Jesus Christ. Power to overcome sin. Power to touch and heal those who are sick and afflicted. Power to stand against principalities and powers and demons, demonic forces. You know, I've asked you all to be praying this month because this is a high holiday for the occult. Pray that there is power in our prayers. That's a weapon that we have. Pray, aud- pray audibly. Don't just pray in your mind. Pray audibly. Those demons need to hear your prayers. They need to know what you're saying because the power of God is in that spoken word. Pray in the Spirit. Sometimes they need not to know what you're praying. It needs to go straight straight to God, to heaven. Pray with the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. Believers are a part of the kingdom. You know, Alan is always full of uh, excitement. And, you know, he's, he's just one of those people that he... When he, he enters the room, the room lights up, right? But, but you know what? He was especially full of it this morning. <laughs> I love it. It was awesome. <laughs> Praise God. But I, I want you to know something that uh, I love him, but not everyone has Alan's personality. Alan is a unique person, and I, I appreciate that. However, all of us can learn a lesson from Alan, and that is to, that we not allow the circumstances of this world to pull us down and cause us to be negative, cause us to see the glass half empty rather than understand it's always half full with God. Alan has things in his life. I want to tell you, not everything is uh, roses and wonderful and sweet and perfume in Alan's life. But he makes a choice. And we must make a choice every day. We choose to look at life from God's perspective and recognize. Listen, you, you don't want to be an Eeyore. You know? You have, to, you have to know Winnie the Pooh, you know what I'm talking about. Surely you do. You know, poor old Eeyore. Well, not so good. Poor Eeyore. Lost my tail again. Yeah, gosh. People don't need that. People need the excitement that's generated by the Spirit of God that lives inside of us. We represent the Father. We represent the King, Jesus. We are ambassadors, if you will. That's what the Scripture says. We are ambassadors for Christ. Ambassadors means that you're a representative. And what... What you're representing is God's kingdom. If you represent a government, you do what the government wants you to do, not necessarily what you want to do as an ambassador. You do what you're told 
what the Spirit speaks to you. And that's why we must live according to every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, not based on our emotions and our desires. The evidence of the kingdom of heaven is in you. The question is, how is it going to come out of you? What are people going to perceive when they see you? When they have relationship with you? When they just meet you casually? What do they see? How do they feel? You know, one day I went into um, a grocery store. I think it was Aldi's. And the girl was in there, and I, and I don't say this, please, I'm, I'm trying to puff myself up, but I, it just was an experience that I had. The girl was checking me through, and she said, how are you today? And I said, I'm doing great. She looked at me, and she said, well, I don't hear people say that. I don't hear, you know, most people who come through here say, oh, well, let me tell you about my day. Let me tell you, people don't want to hear about your day. So, you know, I thought, wow, okay. That's that's why it's so important that we present the kingdom of God in a positive light. That He's inside of us and He's stirring us with goodness, with strength, with power. Matthew 5.16 says, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. We want the Father to be glorified. We want the King to be lifted up. Howard Hendricks, who was a seminary teacher and Bible teacher, he said, in the midst of a generation screaming for answers, Christians are stuttering. What a statement. We need not stutter. We have the answers. It's in us. The kingdom of God is in us. I like what Paul Harvey also said many years ago. He said, too many Christians are no longer fishers of men, but keepers of the aquarium. We have a tendency to do that, you know. I think it's something that we need to guard against here at Bethel. Need to guard against the the possibility of just becoming keepers of the aquarium. Because we have a good life. We have a nice life. We have a good congregation. A great group of people. We could just keep the fishes in our aquarium. I know that's not good English, but. Praise God. But what we're, what the mandate is, glory to God, is to be fishers of men and not keep the aquarium, but fill it. Fill it. Just bring them into the kingdom. We have to get that. And I, I got to be honest with you. I struggle with that sometimes. I don't want to. I want to be about God's kingdom work. But you know, we can just become satisfied. Let's not do that. We're representatives. We're ambassadors ambassadors of the kingdom. 
We've been given the responsibility, the power to represent the kingdom. You know, in the Old Testament, Hezekiah was a, a king of Israel, and the uh, Assyrian king came against him. And Hezekiah cried out to God. Sometimes that's what we have to do. We have, we, in our circumstance, we have to cry out to God. No, I'm not telling you that you, have, that you should pretend like things are not going bad in your life at times. We all have those times. We all struggle with situations. And that's when we cry out to God. But what I am trying to say in regards to our attitude is do not allow it to affect you to the point that people begin to see you as a downer rather than an upper. When he cried out to God, God sent one angel. I want you to see how powerful one angel is. He sent one warring angel, and he killed 185,000 soldiers. That's our God. One angel. What power is in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ? One angel could show up for Israel right now. There's no doubt about that. He has the power. He has the power to kill enemies. But here's the thing. Jesus came with power to heal the sick. With power to deliver the captives. With power to set every bound person free. With power to mend the brokenhearted. With power to renew a right spirit in each and every one of us. Supernatural power. He came, he walked on the earth, and he's still doing it today through his ambassadors. The church of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. That's how near the kingdom of heaven is. It's here. It's now. Let's walk in it. Wrap this up with a, one final story this morning. A man was walking down a, a country road one day and he came across a, a stone quarry and he saw a man hewing out a stone and he asked the guy, what are you doing? And the guy was a little disturbed by the question. He said, can't you see? I'm cueing a stone. I'm making a, a block for a foundation. So he went on. He saw the next, the next guy. He was doing the same thing, but he asked him the same question. He said, sir, what are you doing? He said, I'm earning $100 a week. Making, uh, working here in this quarry. Oh, okay. He went to the next guy and he said, uh, And sir, what are you doing? The guy stood up and he puffed his chest out a little bit and he said, I'm building a cathedral for the Lord. This man had the right attitude about his efforts. He was working together with the architect, all the laborers. Everyone that was going to be involved with the building of that cathedral for God 
And he recognized that even his small part was very, very important to the building of that cathedral. Whatever our small part might be, God hasn't called us all to be evangelists, to go all over the world and preach the gospel. But he has called us to be representatives of his kingdom. And whatever part we're playing in that, remember how important it is. It's vitally important to the kingdom of God. Let's pray. Hallelujah. Father God, we're thankful this morning that we've been able to come here today to worship you, to glorify your name. We thank you that we are a part of the kingdom. The kingdom lives inside of us. But today, Father God, we want to glorify your name. We want to go from this place and be the best representative of your kingdom is that we can possibly be. We want people to see, to know, and to recognize that we do represent our Lord and Savior, our King, Jesus Christ. Touch us this morning, Father God, as we go from this place. Be with each and every person. Father, your kingdom come and your will be done in this earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Have an awesome day. Hello, this is Pastor Rob again. I pray you enjoyed this podcast. What a blessing it has been to have you join us on this social media platform. If you would like more information about Bethel, please check out our website at BethelChurch.community. You can also follow us on our Facebook page at Bethel Church, Tepper's Plains. Have a blessed day and remember, love never fails.